Today we're talking about the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. This place is one of the most famous places in the state of Michigan. In fact, if you talk to somebody from outside of the state of Michigan, they're gonna say, oh, I've been to Pictured Rocks, I've been to Detroit, and I've been to Sleeping Bear Dunes. So I'd say that it's almost top three as far as people from outside of the state and what they recognize as Michigan. Yeah, I would say so. And with that being said, I've only been there once. Yeah. You've been there a lot now. Yeah, I've been there you know, quite a few more times than you, and that's just based on going that direction with my wife's family uh, always in the summer, so we end up going there more often. And I think that that's a good point, because we're talking about the greater area. Really, there's a lot of different things to do, and each day can be a different direction from wherever you are, and everything's within an hour of each other, and enough to be able to drive there have some sort of adventure and then come back. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a really fun part about that area. It's like you can get into the Sleeping Bear Dunes Lakeshore, you know, driving up M22 and really have a long ways of just scenery until you actually get to the the different like Pierce Stocking Drive, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, and that's, um, I'm gonna really rely on you to know what all of these spots are called. Yeah. Because I've only experienced them once, but they've left an impression on me and I thought that we should at least talk about them. So the first thing is the Pierce Stocking Drive. Yeah. That is one of the most famous sections of the entire Sleeping Bear Dunes. And it's the spot that's the most accessible to the most amount of people, which yeah. is a really cool experience to do for someone who's never been there or for somebody who is trying to show people a good time and show them a lot of different spots mm -hmm. all at once. Yeah. Or a lot of people all at once. It's really easy because you can kind of just pop in and out of all the spots. Yeah, I think when we were there last time, when you talk about a lot of people, there was like a college track team, <laughs> like their little 15 passenger van stopping yeah. at all the stops that we were at. So yeah, it's a good spot to bring a group. So you kind of start off and you, head under this uh the covered bridge there and your first stop is uh, like an overlook that they call what is it like alligator overlook or something like that i don't know if i said alligator maybe no the the oh looks... yeah 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 i thought you meant like down underneath the bridge no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um alligator hill or whatever that's um out over the lake so you got that one um that's a cool stop uh, it's a uh, I always say there's a difference between, you know, like a railing stop and then like an adventure stop. This is a railing stop. And then from there until the most famous dune that everybody recognizes and talks about and has the view of the islands out there. Yeah. Um, those ones are all kind of the same thing. They're stops. But there's yeah. a couple of spots there that have official posted trails where you can kind of meander down and... If you have the time and the people that you're with are willing to walk on dunes, I'd recommend kind of exploring those, even if you're not going to walk to the lakeshore, because that's where if you're a little bit over what the crowd of the people doing the scenic loop are doing, you can kind of get off by yourself and see some some cool spots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, when you're at one of the, I don't remember, like the third spot, you can see then where there's the trail going kind of through the through the sand and through a little bit of the trees and the beach grass and all that, it's, it's a good spot. It's kind of hidden too back behind, like it's a little lower, so if it's windy, like the day we were there, uh, 
it was extremely windy, mm-hmm. which uh, we'll get to that when we when we got out to the the main spot where uh, where you overlook Lake Michigan and overlook the Sleeping Bear or where Sleeping Bear you know was before the change of yeah. the Earth, I guess you'd say. Right. Um, but what a it was so so windy and it made it more memorable. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the last few times I've been there has been once it was had been absolutely downpouring mm-hmm. and that made it super fun. Mm-hmm. And then the next time it was really windy. So you have to be prepared because it's like you're getting like just pelted with sand, but it made it more fun. Like yeah, obviously going when it's like 72 and sunny is really nice too. Right. But that made it a more memorable adventure, wouldn't you say? Well, that actually leads into I love going out into shoulder seasons so your spring when there's not a lot of people there yet and you can see really far into the woods because there's not a lot of like foliage and that kind of stuff dunes it's a little bit different because everything's kind of always there but you get to experience some pretty unique stuff and the water looks different Mm -hmm. fall is cool because i mean fall is popular because of all the color and everything that's happening across the whole state but i like going exploring those spots at that time but you do end up catching rain and catching wind like we did. Mm-hmm. And we went out once onto the dune, the main dune, yep. which is, I don't know what stop it is, like nine or something? Yeah, I can't remember. I'm going to look. Okay. So we went out there one time, and or the, we went out there, walked out, and the wind was so bad that we walked back. We each got a pair of sunglasses, and we put away our main Canon camera because I was afraid of how much sand was going to get into the thing. And we only brought out the action cams at that time. And we walked through and walked around at that spot. My favorite thing that I didn't know was a thing was the giant sign that says, Hey, there's a $5,000 fine. If you can't make it back to the top of this dude. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's a challenge to, to get down there. And, um, I don't think that day anyone was going down. No. Um, when we were there because it was so windy. I mean, it would have just added to it because it never looks that intimidating from the top. Right. So that is what uh, why I think that people weren't going down. Um, and I think they don't want people to necessarily go down right. because, again, it's it's pretty tough to get back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, and dunes are, are sand. That's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. their thing. Right. And so they do change. And right. so you can have sections of it that are steeper on days than other days right. because of how the the wind is blowing and, and what's changed over the, the course of a season. Right. Um, so the next thing is we left there and we, I'm going to, I don't know which direction everything is, but one of the next things that we did was <laughs> we usually there, mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Old Baldy Dune. Yeah. That's my favorite spot. Yeah, that was that's really cool. So that is down uh, in Arcadia, part okay. of the Arcadia Dune. So you know, as you said at the beginning, like if you're in a central area, like so, say you're uh, in Frankfurt for the weekend. Like if you go north, uh, you know, 45 minutes, you drive through the whole Lakeshore, uh, Sleeping Bear Dunes Lakeshore, and get to either the Pierce Stocking Drive or the Dune Climb, which when we went that day, we stopped at the Dune Climb, but we didn't end up doing it. Yep. Um, and then if you go south of, say, if you were in Frankfurt, then you could go to like the Arcadia uh, Dune Old Baldy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is where we ended up going that same day, actually. I like that one because it is a, it's a non-railing hike. Yeah. You know, walk up to the railing, take a photo. That's fun. Yeah. But this one is a well-marked, relatively easy walk or hike. Yeah. You know, it's about you know, a half hour if, if yeah. you're just goofing around and mm-hmm. 20 minutes if you're really, you know, getting yeah. after it. Um, you get out to the dune and it's got a really aggressive face with some cool trees and different dune grasses sticking out yep. the whole way. We saw a bald eagle while we were there. Yep. It's cool view. Uh, if you look north then, see, look at me just knowing directions yeah, really well. Um, you can see Frankfurt in the, the lighthouse and the piers at Frankfurt, which is a cool thing to see. It's off in the distance. Um, but one thing that I also want to point out about that, which I, I didn't bring you this way, but I, I've went this way before too, um, and to let everyone else know, if you go... Uh, the other direction out of the parking lot, there is a new, I think it's really new, platformed area if you want to get out to the dune and be able to see from out there on a platform. So there is a spot to do that if that is the route you'd want to go. The trail is a little more manicured and easy, accessible, and you can get out to that spot as well, uh, which is just a different different way to go. So there's that as well. Hmm. So, larger area then. Yep. The next thing that we did is we went to the Point Betsy Lighthouse. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I said a couple of weeks ago to Marklin, my wife, who doesn't, for everyone who doesn't know that, I said, I think there's a lot more to say about lighthouses. <laughs> and she made fun of me because she's like, what are you, a thousand? <laughs> and I've been traveling the state now for a couple of years going to different locations every single week. And... The lighthouses are cool because no matter what, there's a ton of history around them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you have to sit there and do a, a you know, research about it or whatever, but it is cool to see the building that was, say, around in the you know 1920s, which was 100 years ago now because we're in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and the lighthouse keepers and what their life was like and especially all the efforts that the people make to restore these places is pretty cool, especially if you can get up to them you know, see that history. And really there's some of the oldest structures that we have mm-hmm. in the area. And the functionality of these things are crazy because you had a group of people powering a ship, you know, sailing a ship out in the lakes and they needed those things. Yeah. And so they kind of, there's something like ominous about it when you were there. And this time was especially like that because again, the wind was yeah. crazy. It was, it last two times, again, back to the last two times I've been there, the weather's been really crazy. So when it when we realized it was so windy, I thought it'd be a, a good spot to stop. So the actual like grounds of the lighthouse were closed for yeah. the day yep. or, or whatever yeah. at that time. So we went onto the beach because um, there's an access point to the beach. And uh, one of the things about Point Betsy is it's like has the super famous little like, I don't even... I don't even know what they're for necessarily, maybe to break up the waves. Yeah, they're considered break walls. But yeah, they zigzag Mm -hmm. and they go out probably like, you know, 12 to 15 feet and they surround the entire point. And that is something that is really recognizable around that area. But with the waves crashing that day, it was super cool. I caught that. Andy was just walking back um, from where he was and I caught a pretty epic shot of you 
-hmm. and it looked like, you know, movie, like walking away from something. I mean, really, you were just like coming back to tell me you were ready to leave. (laughs) Right. The shot looked awesome. Yeah. So I think that in this entire thing, I like this area because we really are day tripping in a lot of the spots that we go to. Mm -hmm. We might stay somewhere and do the thing, or we might stay somewhere for a weekend, but each of our adventures are we go out, we experience this thing and come back. And there's so many of those things. Oh yeah. And when we needed like a a not so hiking sand and that kind of stuff, we Mm -hmm. went to Cherry Republic. Yeah. Which that was fun because it definitely is a tourist spot, but it's not, you don't feel like you're like hokey tourist as much. It's like, it's quality stuff. Um, Some, Good beverages. We even did a test flight there. Yeah, had test flight. I bought some uh, ghost pepper cherry barbecue sauce that I've been using recently on like wings and in my smoker, and it's really good. It kind of smokes my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so now I wanted to talk about the the tech talk of this part of it, and I even brought some props in this time. So waterproofing is easy these days to get your hands on something that's waterproof. It's not mm-hmm. easy to do it. Right. Even my iPhone now is waterproof. Right. And that's super helpful for everything that you need to do when we're out on our paddle boards and we don't want to fall in, when it's raining, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sandproofing is a completely different game. Yeah. And when you're on the dunes, everything has sand. Your shoes, your car, literally everything. And your teeth, yeah, <laughs> eyes, yeah. I had it coming out of my eyes after it because it was so sandy that day. So I only wanted to talk about this real quick. But GoPro Hero Session, this is one of the older models of GoPros when they first started doing the all like all in one like unibody stuff. I think now if you were to go online, you can get these for like sixty five dollars. Uh, I still think to this day it's a good value mm-hmm. because. If you have a kid who wants to get into it or whatever, they've got good batteries. I don't even know if this model exists anymore because this one can only do 1080, but the quality is still good. The microphone, when it's not windy, does the does the trick. Mm-hmm. And because of its body and the way that it's designed, the thing's just kind of a trooper. There's no, uh, there's no screen on it. You just hit the one button, it starts recording. And once you have it set up and you know what you're doing, it's actually a, a really good camera. But... We upgraded from that to our Yi 4K. I don't have it with me. The Yi 4K is built just like a GoPro. It runs on all the GoPro mounts. And I bought that because at the time, that was a lot less expensive than buying a a true GoPro. And their batteries were less expensive. And cold, sand, all that kind of stuff, those batteries really last. I actually enjoy that camera and I wish that... I could buy a new version of that one with the tech that's current today. Uh, And then we bought this monster, the GoPro Hero 8 Black. And we bought it a couple months after it came out. It was one of the newest things. Um, It was an upgrade from the Hero 7, which we didn't have, but I've just been watching enough on it, that very similar in a lot of ways. They just fixed almost every single thing and then added better stabilization. And when you're out in their sand, these mounts and everything, when everything is kind of um, waterproof, but then GoPros do the best at being what I consider sandproof, is 
until you open this thing up, everything is enclosed. And so you don't have to worry about it. Where a phone, sand can destroy yeah. your power supplies. And That's, I anything. ruined a phone, not from getting it in the water, but from getting sand in the charging port before. And so we get asked quite a bit about what do we shoot with? And the answer is everything. Yeah. Because for what we're doing, uh, mobility is actually key. That's number one. Our drone is the um, the Mavic Air. Mm -hmm. And it's because we need a smaller thing that we can throw in our backpack and hike out to where we need to go. Our GoPros are hugely our friend. Mm -hmm. And most people are surprised when I tell them that my phone is actually also one of the main shooting uh, things that I use, especially the iPhone 11. We'll yeah. probably dive into that more on a different day, mm -hmm. but that thing's a monster. Yeah, for sure. It is, and it takes amazing photos and videos. Yeah. And that is um, GoPros. People always ask me, like, you know, should I get a GoPro? Should I get, if you can edit, then you can, you should get a GoPro. If you have a computer that you can drop this stuff into, you should get a GoPro. I don't mind using the apps and doing that kind of thing. But if you're really going to be, say, recording something for 20 minutes at a time, that's when it kind of gets a little overwhelming to just try to use the phone to capture the moment that you want. And so at that point, if you can get away with using the phone, I'd say use a phone before using a GoPro, unless you're putting it into a situation of sand, water, um, somewhere where you might lose it. because. Yeah. Where's our first GoPro? Yeah, it's in the bottom of the lake. And I was actually going to touch on that is, as they're waterproof, they don't float. So um, <laughs> when we're bringing them out in the water, we do uh, hook them to some sort of flotation um, device. So if you're watching this one on video, you can see it has the yellow bobber type handle. So if this thing falls in the water, it just flips over and floats. Um, we also have a couple almost like, there was like little life jackets or yeah. throwable and, um, safety devices yeah. that hook onto it. So if it falls off, it would float in the water so you can get it because they, will, they won't float. So if you have one, say, mounted um, to your chest like we did with our first one that hit something and bounced off, it was gone. Yep. And same with, obviously, with a phone. Um, one of the reasons why when we're out, filming on the water is we have these things hooked up we usually do have our phones with us as well just i guess taking that risk but um the phone obviously will sink yeah um so that is the our, our latest recap which is the sleeping bear dunes national lakeshore and um i just wanted to say that i think that that's a spot that you can get a lot of use out of if you go there for a weekend and really i don't even care where you centrally locate because if you're willing to just drive an hour you can really be in any of those spots and you can mm -hmm. get to these um really iconic spots in the state of michigan so yeah. that's the end of this one for our road trip recap until next time cheers <laughs>